We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com live podcast slash postgame show. Your Lakers get a big win over the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry returns, and Anthony Davis says, I've got something for you, Steph. 39 points for AD in this one. He was a monster. Austin Reeves had a big game. We had a number of Lakers step up, particularly on the defensive end of the floor of the offense. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that tonight as well, or I guess I should say this afternoon, but Welcome in, everybody joining the show over on the YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're coming in from. Welcome. We've got a ton to break down for this one, but the Lakers, man, they needed this win, and they got the job done. Joining me today is Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, sigh of relief. The Lakers hang on and get the win that they needed. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me back on, Trev. But, yeah, the Lakers just gained the – Big time win that they needed, and that's all I'm going to say for now. We'll dive into the deep intricacies of things that frustrated us and things like that. But Lakers got the win, and that's all that matters right now. Yeah, they, they got the win they needed, and that's the important part. Um, just to go over some of the stats, let's see what we've got here. Anthony Davis, 39 points, 8 boards, 6 assists, plus 2 blocks, 14 of 25 shooting, 10 of 13 from the free throw line, have a game ad steph curry was great 27 points six assists five threes from steph he was fantastic in his return but ad was the best player on the floor in this game and that's what the lakers needed to do in order to get the win jared vanderbilt was everywhere he got a double double 10 points and 13 rebounds plus four assists in this one in just 24 minutes so productive in a low uh low number of minutes 41 minutes for troy brown who i thought was really good in this game both ends of the floor I liked what we saw out of him. 14 points, eight boards, four of seven from three, five of 10 from the field. Schroeder chips in with 11 points. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. I thought defensively was good down the stretch against Curry, though. Six assists for him. 12 from Malik Beasley. Just one of four from three. You saw the Warriors really sell out to stop Beasley from getting three-point attempts. We'll talk more about him in a little bit as well. Off the bench, though, Austin Reeves. 16 points, eight assists. Three of five from deep, making big plays when the Lakers needed it. He was tremendous in this game as well. Sean, the scoring wasn't always there 
But I thought defensively, for the most part, the Lakers did a pretty good job, particularly in the second half. They did a much better job, I think, than they did in the first. And that was what allowed the Lakers ultimately to, to win this game was how good they were defensively. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they There were stretches even in the fourth quarter where the offense was stagnant, but the, the defense just kind of kept them in it, kept them in it. Golden State went on the run, but the Lakers go on a 7-0 run to push Lee up to 7, 98-91. And when they went on that mini run, that was kind of the game. Not the game from the standpoint the Golden State could have come back. Golden State even brought it back within one, maybe. Uh, they brought it back to two, actually, because like I said, a chance to bump it up to 11. Steph hits a three, Clay hits a three transition. Um, that's another thing that really was frustrating, the transition defense. But uh, we'll talk about that as well later on. But when it mattered most, I felt like the Lakers got the stops they needed and uh, Austin mm-hmm. Reeves making up over a poor performance against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, their their defense in the half court was pretty darn good. Transition defense, you're right, was not yeah. particularly. We saw that the Warriors did a great job running. Every time the Lakers would miss a shot, they would run on it. And they did a great job generating opportunities off of that. The, when the Lakers could score and generate good offensive looks and force the Warriors to play half-court offense, I thought the Lakers' half-court defense showed out fairly well. Transition defense, we saw Draymond go down the floor coast to coast a few times and score, so that was not ideal. But let's let's just kick things off with this. Let, let's go right here, because I don't think there's any question or any debate on this one. Superstar of the night. Superstar of the night, or the day, as it were. Anthony Davis, again, 39, 8, and 6 for AD. Questions about can AD be a 1A guy when LeBron James is out, D'Angelo Russell is out. Uh, I've got a great quote here. Daniel Starkand, editor extraordinaire, who's in the building at uh, Crypto.com Arena for Lakers Nation. And Daniel was sitting next to a scout there while he was on press row. And the scout told, told Daniel... AD has been playing like a bad MFer for two games in a row now. It really does feel like Anthony Davis has just stepped up and said, that's it. If I have to be that guy, I'm going to be that guy right now, and I'm going to give them everything I've got. He has been absolutely tremendous, and today was no exception. Again, best player on the floor in a game where he shared the floor with Steph Curry. Yeah, you know, back-to-back games with uh, over 35 points or more, I believe. Uh, best player on the floor against the Timberwolves just literally got no other offensive production from anybody else on the team last game against the Timberwolves. Um, and then tonight, 30, uh, 39, I believe, 39 points, eight boards, six assists. I think he's really starting to show off some of his passing ability. I think he is an underrated passer, or a guy you don't really think of as a passing big, but he definitely has the ability um, to do so. And, uh, yeah, best player on the floor by far, Anthony Davis easily wins uh, Superstar of the Night. All right, let's get into some fan questions and comments here. Cliff says that's the effort we need every game. That's the effort that Darvin Ham was complaining about after last game, and rightfully so. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt said the same thing. The Lakers tried to just turn it on late against the Timberwolves, and they let a golden opportunity go by tonight. I felt like the effort and energy was there for for most of the game in this one. There, there were some poor decision-making. Maybe that's to be expected with your two primary ball handlers, D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James, out we need to talk more about D'Lo later as well. But ultimately, the energy was there. It, there was there was grit to this Lakers team. It felt like there was a moment where when the Warriors came back and tied it up in the fourth where the Lakers just went, nope, not today. We're not letting this happen. And they willed their way to a win. 
Yeah, that that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely played with more effort throughout the entire night. Entire game. Uh, Muffin Break says, I got some gray hairs today. Me too, man. If you joined us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation uh, for the live stream of the game. Woo, I was stressing during the, the close of this because we all know how important these games are. He says three wins in a row against Golden State, and it's not an easy task even when healthy. And this time, we're lucky getting the Grizzlies without John Morant. That's true, but I would caution looking at that Grizzlies game as an automatic win. The Grizzlies were great, not good, great last year whenever Jaw was out. Um, you've got Hyas Jones does a tremendous job for them. He's maybe the best backup point guard in the league. He's fantastic. Uh, the Grizzlies are playing the Clippers today. Hopefully the, the Grizzlies have a great shooting game today and then a regression game against the War- the Lakers on Tuesday. That would be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're not, you're not even mentioning guys like Desmond Bain, who's a, a elite starter. I don't think he's an all-star yet, but he's an elite-level starter that can easily chip in 20 and 25. Jaron Jackson Jr., and like you mentioned, Tyus Jones, and then Taylor Jenks is a really good head coach. So uh, it's not be a gimme game Tuesday night, even though Josh's not playing. Uh, J-Dog said, nice win. I feel like Ham struggles with adjusting as a whole. We got the win today, but need to fix that. Need to maximize every opportunity. You know, I, I saw adjustments today from Darvin. Uh, for example, towards the end of the first, the Lakers started really struggling with jumpers, and we saw sets run in order to get the Lakers at the rim. We just saw players miss at the rim. And so that's where we get this idea of, oh, the Lakers aren't adjusting because things are still going poorly. The adjustment was made. The result just wasn't there. Um, that's not to say Darvin is always quick to make the right adjustments. Uh, I thought he was still late calling a few timeouts, let the game run a little bit too much. But I think we did see adjustments in this game. It's just an adjustment doesn't always equal a positive result. And when that happens, sometimes we just dismiss that as no adjustment. Yeah, there, there's times where you, you make an adjustment. Like, there's a such thing like making a wrong adjustment. Or, like, you know, there's a where you make an adjustment where you probably should have just stuck with the game plan uh, a little bit longer. I think Darwin does that a little too, too much, if, if you get what I'm saying. But, but um, I, I think they made an adjustment. I do agree with Trevor's point um, that Darwin definitely has a tendency of calling his timeouts a little too late. Um, so that, that, that's frustrating. It wasn't. And, uh, Sean, Sean, you have some technical issues there. Uh, maybe try hopping out and resetting and see what happens there. Uh, re said, Kerr is a great coach. As soon as the Lakers go on a little run, he calls timeouts, take notes, ham. Yeah. That's what a number of, um, opposing coaches have been doing to the Lakers. We saw it. Uh, Chris Finch was doing it the other night with the Minnesota Timberwolves. OKC does a tremendous job of this as well. I too agree that there have been moments where Ham doesn't, isn't quick enough uh, pulling the trigger on a timeout, particularly when the team is struggling. I, you know, I think there's something to letting the team play through things and letting them become a little bit more self-sufficient. But that's a lesson you want learned early on in the season. Right now isn't the time to be learning lessons. Right now, if the training wheels have to be on, then the training wheels have to be on. This team doesn't have LeBron. They don't have uh, D'Angelo Russell. As much as we talk about, well, player X, Y, and Z needs to step up, that's where the coaching staff also has to step up and help the team to wins and not just say, well, we're going to trust you guys to figure it out. Um, Right now, the end result is the most important thing, and that is getting a win in the standings and and moving up. 
by the way, Lakers do have that chance, as we said earlier, potentially move into the play-in mix today, depending on what happens with the rest of the games. Arun, best Warriors team lost against the Lakers without LeBron and D'Lo. Leading the third uh, gave us the win, in my opinion. Yep, uh, great game. I feel like Snoop dancing in that video. Yeah, we were talking about this. Uh, Sean mentioned this when we were on playback, said whoever wins the third is probably going to win this game. Uh, the Lakers did a really good job in the third quarter. They won it by five. Uh, again, it wasn't always pretty. There were a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy basketball, but they ultimately won 23 to 18. Austin Reeves had a big three at the end of the third that I thought was absolutely critical in getting that win. Sean's back. We'll see if that's a little bit a little bit better here. Um, Ace of Hearts, D'Lo is annoying the hell out of me. He's got to return. So, Sean, I'll make this point quickly because I've made this point a number of times. I don't think we can assume it's on D'Lo. Darvin listed him as day-to-day. I know there's frustration with the Lakers. The Lakers tend to underestimate how long it's going to take a player to return, and that leads to frustration because you were expecting a guy back three games ago, and he's still not back, and then you look around saying, what's wrong? Where if the Lakers had said initially he's out two weeks, then there wouldn't be that frustration. We'd be saying, okay, he's right on time. So that's something to quibble over. It's also usually not the player that's saying, I don't want to play. Basketball players tend to want to play basketball. And who knows? Maybe behind the scenes, D'Lo is saying, well, I don't want to play or I'm not I'm not 100%. I'm not playing because I'm going to be a free agent in a few months or something like that. That's possible. I'm just saying we don't know that. And so I have a hard time just jumping to, oh, D'Lo is the problem here. But, Sean, what are the Lakers missing in D'Angelo Russell? Why is it so critical that they get him back? They just need another ball handler offensively. Uh, if you look at that, the Timberwolves game, for an example, right? you just saw moments where the offense was just so uh, was just struggling so much because they didn't have another ball handler that could legitimately shoot off the dribble. Um, and then a lot of their sets, and this is partially in the coaching staff. I don't think the coaching staff has done a great job uh, re uh, with play calling with no D'Lo and no. Um, they got to do a much better job, but I think Delo's just shooting ability, especially off the dribble, and just another ball handler uh, with that starting group, especially, is what they desperately are missing right now. Yeah, yeah, you can see it. You can see it. They're, they're missing. Well, they're, you're missing both your primary ball handlers in Delo and, and LeBron. I think just having Delo out there to be another ball handler would go a long way, uh, particularly as a, as a creator. Drew. This effort, this AD, and a healthy LeBron and D'Lo would be a playoff nightmare for top seeds, all assuming LeBron does return and is at at least 80 to 85%. Yeah, that's and that's what you're trying to get to, right? The ideal outcome right now for the Lakers is you make your play and push, you get everybody healthy for the playoffs, and then you become that proverbial team nobody wants to see in round one because you've got a healthy squad with LeBron with AD. It may not happen. You know, we don't, we don't know what the results of LeBron's reevaluation are going to be in a few weeks. Um, it's possible they say, well, he's got two more weeks to recover. We don't know. He's in a boot right now. He's riding around on a scooter. We can't say for sure that he's going to be back or that he's going to be back at at 20% or at 100% or 80% or whatever it's going to be. But that's what you're playing for is the chance for that to happen. Because if it does, Lakers, I think, can put a scare into just about anybody. Uh, Johnny, I'm not going to lie. I still think we need Kemba because our guards are inconsistent. Kemba provides insurance and more options, uh, in my opinion. What do you think? Sean, my take has been I'm only bringing in like a Kemba or another guard if D'Lo is out like 
another week, two weeks, something like that, and you just badly need another ball handler. Otherwise, I'm not going there. What are your thoughts? Is it? I mean, they have an open roster spot. It doesn't hurt you, aside from the pocketbook, to bring in somebody. Should you do that? I'm in agreement with you. I, I think it's only if you, you feel that D'Lo is uh, more of a long-term injury, you can't get him back within the next week or so. Um, otherwise, I, I'd rather just keep the open roster spot. Maybe you convert a guy like a Cole Slider maybe to that last roster spot, get some more shooting on the roster. But, um, yeah, or maybe or maybe I actually give Kemba a 10-day. Um, that's something that people are mentioning in the chat. I know the, the, there were rumors maybe about the Lakers working Kemba Walker out. Um, I, I get the idea. I think the idea only makes sense, though, if, like you mentioned, D'Angelo Russell is going to be out for more than this upcoming week. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Senpai, great win. We needed a bad. I really hope the training staff isn't thinking they don't need D'Lo uh, against Memphis. They were 20-5 and five without Jaw last season. Yeah, that speaks to my, my earlier point that Memphis is really good even without Jaw. Um, I would hope if D'Lo is ready to go, and Darvin said he's day-to-day, said he has a few more things to clear before he can return. If D'Lo is ready to play, you play him against Memphis. There's no way you look at that game and say, well, we can afford to rest you another game. I don't think they can. Yeah, no, 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 no. Memphis is not a really winnable game now because Johnny's out again or whatever, right? We just made the jaw, but it's still really winnable because Jaws is playing you if he's ready Tuesday night. Uh, Denny said, with a team as experienced as the Warriors, that was a great win. If we were healthy going into the playoffs, I don't see why we couldn't win at all. I'm not going to let myself start thinking start thinking about them winning it all right now. I think that's going a bit too far. But if healthy going into the playoffs, sure. I think they I think they could uh make some noise for sure. And I love the optimism. I love the optimism, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be placing any bets on the Lakers winning the whole thing right now either. Um but then again, I'm not much of a betting man. So uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it does speak volumes that they were able to get this win over a team like the Warriors. It takes time to get reacclimated to a star being on the floor and Steph Curry coming back. That there, there can be some bumps in the road with that, but nonetheless, the Warriors are a veteran team that know how to win games, and they were on what was it a five-game winning streak, Sean? So that's pretty solid to win, to get that game. Yeah. Uh, was it the last game Absolutely. the Warriors lost? Was that to the Lakers? Sounds I imagine right. it probably had to be. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, Mamba mentality. I was going to point out things I didn't like, but I'll save it for another day. Let's celebrate, fam. Good win. Not sorry for spoiling Steph Curry's return. LOL. Yep. Today is a day to celebrate for sure. For sure. I, I mean, anytime you can get a win over the reigning champs, you'll take it. And especially when the Lakers are in such dire need of wins in the standings. By the way, quick standings watch. The Lakers currently, again, games to be played tonight, but currently they are one game up on both the Thunder and the Blazers. Uh, Blazers are playing right now against Orlando. Close game at the end of the first quarter there. You want Orlando to win that game. The Lakers are one game or half a game behind the Utah Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans. So if the Jazz lose, the Lakers should move into the play-in mix right now they are also just a game and a half behind the clippers who right now are the eighth seed memphis playing the clippers tonight even without jaw you badly want to see the grizzlies win that game against the clippers keep forcing them downward the clippers have lost five in a row 
Let's hope that's a streak that continues. Uh, Hector said, new nickname alert. The wall that Vander built. <laughs> what do you think? Do, do you like it? Sure. I bet it. Let's go. Uh, Sierra said, shout out from Ireland. I know Americans will welcome in from Ireland. Uh, I know Americans don't like early games much, but to be able to see this epic AD performance live primetime was special. Shout out to your work trip. Well, thank you very much. I, I very much appreciate that. And yes, that that is the one benefit of uh, an earlier game. Well, I guess one of the benefits. There's a few others, but I typically don't like the early games because I feel like the players are kind of out of rhythm. They're used to playing evening games. I feel a little bit off too. I keep calling it calling it tonight all the time, even though it's really during the day. Uh, but that is the benefit. If you're over in Europe and it's a, a afternoon game here in the U.S., well, then that means that you get to see the game at a normal time instead of the middle of the night. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. Our friends over in the Philippines were not thrilled that the game was on at like 4.30 in the morning for them. But uh, nonetheless, if you're in Europe, this does make the game much easier to catch at a reasonable hour. So that's certainly a benefit. And of course, we love having our international fans come in. It's been one of the things that's been so cool doing this is been seeing um, the increase in popularity of the nba even just in the time that i've been been doing this um around the world it's been absolutely phenomenal uh joey c jared vanderbilt masterclass seems like whenever he has a great game the lakers win ad's been cooking love to see it just need other guys to step up more consistently yeah vando was was really good in this one i liked what we saw out of him again hitting the boards even got some assists um bring Sean back in here, see if we've got a better connection with him. Sean, during the game, I said that Vanderbilt, his career trajectory may be Draymond Green-esque. And I don't mean he's going to be exactly like Draymond as a player, but similar in that he's a guy who can greatly help you out in a lot of ways that don't necessarily include scoring or three-point shooting. What are your thoughts on, on that, uh, on that comparison? Can Vando have ultimately that kind of an impact somewhere down the road yeah absolutely um I, I and again not the exact same player um i think draymond green is a top three to five defender of this generation first about hall of famer so not saying vanderbilt is the exact same as draymond green but just the comparison yeah absolutely uh has some passing ability and just like, like you said it's the ability to uh impact the game with outscoring the Bastards, Green-esque. And um, I think Lakers fans are going to love him for it. And uh, he's made quite the impression um, since joining the Purple. Wicked Bronco, great Lakers win. Going to see Lakers versus Bulls on the 29th. Oh, you get to, to see Pat Bev. Uh, first NBA game and dropped a lot of money on tickets. Oh, well, congrats on uh, on being on, uh, going to your first NBA game. That's awesome. Uh, wanted to know if you thought LeBron would be back for that game. He's my favorite player. Okay, so LeBron reevaluated in a few weeks. Uh, let me take I I would be, honestly, I would be surprised. I would love to say yes, he'll be back. Hopefully, but honestly, like if he gets reevaluated, it'll be right before the OKC game. That's the 24th. Then he needs some time to ramp up. So basically what you would need to see LeBron play on Sunday, the 26th, is you would need LeBron to get the green light 
on Thursday. I believe he's going to be reevaluated somewhere between the OKC game on Friday and the, the previous Wednesday, the Phoenix game, somewhere in there. He'll get reevaluated. So we're talking about the end of March. Um, you would need LeBron to get the full green light, totally cleared to step on the floor and go 100%, no concerns, no restrictions, nothing. And you would need him to get in a practice that day and a practice probably Saturday before the game on Sunday. My sense is that would be unlikely, but I guess there's there's a chance. Fingers crossed. I know the, it, it might depend too on where the Lakers are in the standings at that point, um, whether or not he comes in. But I, I hope I hope you get to see him. I hope you get to see him. Uh, I really do, and hope he's back in time for that. But I'll be honest, I would be a bit surprised if he was back for that that first Chicago matchup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, a Chris said, AD pulling that patented Pau Gasol baseline turnaround to seal the deal. I don't care what anybody says. We'll be a threat in the playoffs. We have a way better roster around our guys. It's that simple. Oh, since the trade deadline, their roster is definitely better. Definitely better. There were still moments where I thought offensively, it was really AD and nobody else could get going. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But overall, like if you if this team had D'Lo and LeBron, we'd be going, man, this roster is well put together now. Right, Sean, or is that crazy? Oh yeah, no, 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 no. You're, 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 a hundred percent right. I think that, um, like, like you mentioned, the offense at times super stagnates, and it's just eighty come help us, right? Um, outside of that, I think the roster is very well put together. You just Elo and LeBron to get back healthy, and I think you can make a, a nice little run in the playoffs. All right, let's get into this. Let's let's get into another award. Here we go. Star in your role. The star in your role award. And Sean, we were talking about this over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers nation. I think there are two candidates to win the star in your role award tonight. 
So you take your pick and then I will, I will keep praise upon whoever you don't pick. I'm going to go Austin Reeves, 16 points, eight assists, knock down that huge three at the end of the third quarter. Like you mentioned, give me Austin Reeves. Austin, Austin was my number one pick and not surprised that you went with him. I think he was the star in your role, played his role to perfection, was great. Um, they really, and they needed him to do the stuff that he did out there because the Lakers offense did look stagnant far too often. Dennis Schroeder did not have it going offensively, but the other guy that we need to highlight, Troy Brown. I thought defensively, he made some really good rotations that do not show up in the box score that just did a really great job recovering, being everywhere. Um, he had eight boards, 14 points, couple of rebounds that came in critical moments where he got up and grabbed a board. Again, had to play 41 minutes, more games, that, more minutes than anyone else in this game. And four of seven from deep, thought he was good defensively. Um, this was a good Troy Brown Jr. game. This is the kind of game that'll get him paid this summer in free agency. I liked what we saw out of him today as well. So Austin, again, would have gotten the nod, but uh, I think both guys deserve plenty of credit. Uh, Jordan Jackson said, this game showed how deep we really are. No team wants to face us when AD plays like this. It's when AD plays like this and you get some contributions from other guys. I felt like in the first half, it was pretty much AD and that was about it. And then once they started to lean a bit more on Austin in the second half, and then you got a few buckets from... You know, you've got a bucket here there from Troy Brown. You've got uh, some stuff going for, uh, like Lonnie was able to hit a couple of shots that were just jumpers. Now, he didn't play great for the game. Three for nine shooting, one of five from deep. But he was able to hit a couple of jumpers when the Lakers really needed them. You need other guys chipping in. It can't be just AD. But when they got a nice performance from Austin and a little bit from a few other guys, that was enough. Big time stuff, and uh, yeah, I, you didn't want to repeat of the Minnesota game, which I finally got some stuff going in the second half for some of the other guys. Uh, Nico said, Lakers have another big opportunity for a win against Memphis. No jaw, yes, and Clark is out, unfortunately. Achilles injury there. Uh, Adams, we'll see. He was there, was question marks about whether or not he was going to play against the Clippers in this one, so we'll see if he's a go, and hopefully, Delo will finally return. Agree. Agree. Hopefully D'Lo will be back in action for that one. Dimitri says, great win. Monster game by AD. Why did Ham use a three-guard lineup again in the fourth and keep Vando out for so long we almost lost due to that bad move? So, Sean, we were talking about that on playback. Why do you think Ham opted to do that? And specifically, I think the lineup was Reeves, Beasley, AD, Troy Brown, and then we were arguing over who the fifth should be, talking about who it should be. Ham went with Schroeder as the fifth player in that mix. You and I, I believe, ultimately both landed on it should be Vando. What was Ham's thinking there, and was he wrong to think that? I, I, I think the only justification was another ball handler, another guy who can knock down free throws, and uh, another guy that can just pressure Steph full court. Um, my argument was if you're going to go Dennis, you should probably take Beasley out. Out and still keep Vanderbilt's argument, but um, you know Lakers got the win, thankfully, and um, yeah, that's all that matters now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, you got the win. I understood the argument for going for Dennis was you're going to need him to chase Curry. 
right? That's what you were going to want him to do. Use, he's the quickest guy on the team. Use him to chase Curry around screens. I get that. Uh, but I think you're right. I think the, the, the pick should have been either, it should have been Vando in for one of the two of them, either Beasley or Dennis. And I get defensively, you want Dennis out there. So you put him in for Beasley. Now, offensively, maybe you say you need the floor spacing for Beasley. I get that. And I just feel like Vando makes plays. Again, it didn't hurt the Lakers down the stretch, but did Beasley give you anything either? I'd have to go back and look at the film and see how much did his gravity matter. The Warriors did a really nice job of letting Vando be the designated shooter there, letting him be the open man in the corner and forcing the pass to him and then letting him shoot. They weren't going to do that with Beasley, whether or not Beasley was actually shooting the ball. So I'd have to go back and look at it and see how much did Beasley's gravity really impact the offensive end in the fourth quarter and then decide from there. But in the moment, I know we both preferred to see Vando in there. Um, someone says there, my long lost child, Wanthony Wavis, because he's getting wins. I don't know about that pun, but uh, this one says, thank God. We won, was about to knock Dennis out after that dumb three. We need D'Lo back ASAP. Risky not playing Vando, but Troy delivered. Yeah, the Lakers were up eight at one point, and Dennis took a three to potentially put them up 11. Nope, he missed it, and it turned into a Warriors transition three. Hit that, then it's a five-point game. AD missed a jumper in the next possession, turned into another transition three. Then it was a two-point game, and we were all nervous and worried. Um, that three was not an ideal shot from Schroeder, but... Would have maybe been a dagger at that point, but he but he missed it. The Warriors came back almost one. Um, teams will continue. You know, Dennis is shot. I believe he's at like 34, 33%, somewhere right in between there from three on the season. But teams will sag off of him and give him that three-point shot. And that's a detriment, I think, to the Lakers' offense overall, particularly if he's not getting into the paint and scoring there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trevor Lane Stan said, so happy we got the win, pet peeve, rather than master lock. Gambling on steals after we miss a shot and the opposing team gets a defensive rebound. Yeah, Austin did that um, at one point, gambled on a steal, missed it, and then it turned into a, a scoring opportunity for the Warriors. I don't recall if they hit a three or a two, but gambling for steals can come back to haunt you against a team like the Warriors, which is very good capitalizing whenever you make a mistake. All right, we'll do a few more here. We do still have the master lock. Oh, Ace of Hearts complimenting your haircut, Sean. Happy to see that. Appreciate it. <laughs> Let's see what else we've got in here. Plenty to get into. Red said, great bounce back win, but my goodness, Rui has got to, oh good, I wanted to talk about Rui. Rui has got to go. Can't dribble, can't shoot, can't finish, can't drive. I mean, come on, you're 6'8 and athletic. Rui Hachimura on the night, 20 minutes, one for five from the field, 0 for two from three, three rebounds, two points. He was a minus 13, a team low on the night. Uh, Sean, what is going on with Rui? Lakers fans, we're all excited when they got Rui. I think he's a talented player. They spent three second round picks to get him. They committed to him, said they want to keep him around long term. And now I've got fans saying, eh, I don't know if the Lakers should re-sign Rui this summer. How are we feeling about him right now? I still think the, the, the trade was a net positive trade from the Lakers. Three second round picks for the upside of a Rui Hachimura. I think 
He thinks tough for Rui. At times, he's had to drive into uh, crowded driving lanes and, and think that. Um, it's just not been tough. You know, if it comes back next year for, you know, maybe around the taxpayer, I wouldn't would be mad at it. He still had some some great moments, like the the – uh, the Thunder game, I thought he was great, right? And it was nine points, nine rebounds, something along those lines. I thought he was great against Oklahoma City. Um, just not consistent enough. Yeah, Rui, single-digit scoring in his last five games, five games straight of single-digit scoring, 33% from the field in the month of March, which is only three games, but 42% from the field uh, in February for the Lakers and has not shot the ball well from three. So he hasn't been giving you the scoring punch that you were hoping to see out of him. Now you can say, well, maybe the Lakers should run some more stuff to get him some pull-ups and things of that nature, but they haven't. Um, It just hasn't been great. Now I still think there's moments where he's helped. Sean mentioned the OKC game, which nine boards, the three blocks, that was big. That's not an every game performance out of him, but the Lakers still need wing help. I think there's reason to stick with him. and, And part of that is, well, you spent some assets to get him, so of course you're going to stick with him and find out what he can do here. But Rui's play over the last few weeks may ultimately cost him some money in free agency. Like we were talking at first, people were talking initially about could Rui get 18 million per season? Could he get 15 million? Could he get, you know, we we estimated somewhere between 12 to 18 million, depending on what he does from here. And now I don't know that he gets that. It'll be interesting to see what his market looks like again. The Lakers have a vested interest in keeping him. They spent three second-round picks to get him, but we'll see. He can certainly turn it around, and he can become a scorer again for this team, and I know his role has shifted quite a bit from game to game, but I would I was hoping to see more, and especially these games with LeBron being out, I was hoping to see more scoring punch from Rui than what we've gotten, but he just hasn't been efficient enough either at the rim or from the field. Uh, Sean's jumping out. He's been having those technical issues, so hopefully those will clear up. Uh, later on, maybe it'll be next show. But in any event, I'm still here holding it down. South London Steve said, hi, Trev from England. Glad you were able to see the game at a more reasonable hour, Steve. Second week running, being able to watch a live game thanks to the early start time. Great win. AD a superstar. Reeves was great too. Anthony Davis was, this was MVP caliber AD. This was AD where if you can get this out of him night, night in, night out, you're winning a lot more games, and AD's in the MVP conversation. That's how good he can be, and he was tremendous in this game tonight. Now, the question is, is it sustainable? Can you get this output out of him from here on? Can he help lead you back into the playoffs and have enough left in the tank to do something in the postseason? That's what we're going to be watching to see from Anthony Davis. Uh, Reeves was great as well. Yeah, loved what we saw out of Austin Reeves in this game, and boy, did they need somebody who could create something. Uh, Austin says, I feel like with everyone healthy, Lonnie needs to be a rotation player. His jumpy, jumper has been consistent and is a spark plug need the offense. Well, he was just three for nine tonight. There were like, there was a moment near the, I believe it was the beginning of the second. End of the, end of the first, beginning of the second, somewhere in there. The Lakers jumpers were not falling. And so Darvin drew something up to get Lonnie to the rim. He got to the rim and then just missed it right, right at the rim. He's not going to night in, night out, give you 15 points. But he can, about half the time, maybe even a little bit more, put in 15 points for you. So when he's got it going, he can be a real asset for your team. It's when he doesn't have it going that he can he can hurt you. Now, again, I thought that 
the moments where he hit jumpers were moments where the Lakers offense was struggling and they needed somebody to step up. But three for nine overall is not a great shooting performance out of Lonnie. Um, I think he is going to be part of the rotation from here, though. Even when D'Lo comes back, I'd have to imagine he's probably part of the rotation. Uh, 49er said, uh, thanks for responding to the scam we talked about last week on Twitter. Yes, about that giveaway. Yeah, don't fall for scams, folks. If there's people in the chat uh, or in the um, comment section, I should say, on our videos, they're saying that they're me. They're saying that they're offering some prize and asking you to email them or something like that. Don't fall for that stuff. That People are terrible. Um, if, if we have some sort of a giveaway, we will be talking about it here on the show. I'm not going to go into the comment section and give away prizes there. That doesn't happen. Uh, AD went nuts. Great win. Keep it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a tremendous performance from Anthony Davis. Let's keep going here. We do still have the master lock of the night to get it, get to retro said, what's going on with D good Laker win. I, I wish D was back in action already. Um, it can, it's especially frustrating too, for fans. When you see Dennis Schroeder suffer such a horrific looking ankle injury and, not only not miss time in that game, but not miss time from there. Just keep playing through it. Whereas D'Lo just kind of tweaks his ankle a little bit. And this is now five games, five games that he's been out, which is, which is not, not good for a Lakers team that very badly needs him out there on the floor. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, exactly what's going on in that ankle. It doesn't mean that uh, he's not hurt or anything like that. And again, I wish the Lakers, in terms of their timetables that get released, when people start hearing about these things, I wish, and again, it's not necessarily getting out there officially, but I wish the Lakers would put out there that it was a little bit longer, right? I wish they would overestimate in the injury timetable because it feels like too often what gets out is an underestimation of what the injury timetable actually is. And then that leads to frustration where if the Lakers just from the get-go said, oh, we're expecting him out for at least two weeks. Okay, well then right now, nobody's panicking. Nobody's upset. Nobody's frustrated. Everybody's saying, okay, well, we knew he was out at least two weeks. So if he comes back, it'll be, he, maybe he comes back early. Then people are happy, right? Over promise or under promise over deliver, right? That's the saying. <laughs> Orlando, send some bionic ankles for these guys. Cause man, yeah. I mean, Mo Bamba, I'm going to look to see if, uh, anything got said after the game about Mo, but he also turned his ankle. Um, not, not ideal, not ideal. Mo Bamba turned his ankle and that brought minutes to Wenyan Gabriel, but yeah, not good. Not good. The Lakers and their ankles. Austin says master lock, all Lakers ankles. Apparently you got LeBron dealing with a foot issue slash ankle. You've got D'Lo with an ankle. Now you've got uh, Mo. Brian, why does Davis want to play power forward? He is much better playing center, too fast for most centers, and bullies small ball lineups when at the five. I think it's he doesn't want to have to do the dirty work, doesn't want to have to do all of the, like, when you are the backline defense, you have to do, you're expected to be the guy to come over to contest any drives from the perimeter. You're expected to be the guy that's communicating, talking the entire time. You're expected to be the guy that's putting a body on the other team's biggest player and boxing them out. There is a physical toll that comes with that. And so I think that's part of why he doesn't want to always have to be the five but that's what he's essentially been this season. Um, that's what he is most nights. You're right. He's good at it. But I think there is an argument to be made that in terms of keeping him healthy, it might be preferable to use him as the five in the closing stretch, but not have him play the five every single night. 
uh, or all, all game. But I do think in order to do that, you either need a big who can do all the bruising stuff a center would do and space the floor. Cause right now teams aren't defending it. They need Davis behind the three point line, or you need AD to start hitting threes, uh, which he did in the season. They won the championship. He was hitting threes. And so that made it a little bit easier to play him and Dwight or him and, and JaVale McGee. So one of those things has to happen to make it feasible to play Anthony Davis at the five. Now Mo Bamba can shoot the three. So that's something, but is he the guy you want to put next to AD all the time? I mean, jury's definitely out on that. Steph M. Dredd said, Steph can't be stopped, but he can be contained. Dennis Schroeder. That Schroeder did a good job uh, defensively. He was everywhere. And again, was not a good game overall for Schroeder. I think the Lakers need 15 to 20 points in scoring out of Dennis right now with the team they've got currently. And you're not getting out that out of him at the moment. He's had some big games for the Lakers. He's just not consistent night to night. But again, I keep going back to that's that's because he's a veteran minimum guy, right? Like that's for a veteran minimum contract. Dennis is just fine. If Dennis is your sixth man, you're feeling pretty good. As a starter, you know you're not going to get the 15 to 20 points that you need from him every single night. You're just not. Um, and maybe the ankle injury is something there. I see a lot of people down on Dennis and upset with him. I, I think that what's happened is what's being asked of Dennis is probably too much. Based on what we thought of Dennis coming into the season, he's been pretty damn good for the Lakers. The, the bang for your buck, if you're getting the kind of production Dennis Schroeder is giving you this season out of every veteran minimum player, you're a really good team. But he's being asked to be a starter, being asked to score double digits every night right now because there's no D'Lo, because there's no LeBron. And so I think it's more what's being asked of him isn't reasonable relative to what his salary is and what he's making. And that's out of necessity. The Lakers don't really have a choice there. But I don't look at Dennis and say, man, he's really having a, a poor season or anything like that on nights where he doesn't go for 25. He's had enough nights where he has, where he's willed the Lakers through late in a game that I think he's been a good addition overall. Now, does that mean you want to pay him $15 million next year? No. No, of course not. But on a veteran minimum salary, he's been very good for the Lakers this season. Again, the production relative to the contract has been great uh, for Schroeder, I think, on the season. Jordan Jackson, Lonnie Walker did a better job than Rui. Lonnie should be getting more playing time. I won't argue with that. I think Lonnie did a better job than Rui. I think that Rui being 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan, or Lonnie being 6'4, there's there, it's not an apples to apples comparison. There's moments where defensively you need more size on the boards, you need more size. And so you go with Rui. But I won't argue that over the last week plus, Lonnie has been better than Rui. I don't think that's a that's a question. Ivan. AD was a beast. Rui in some sort of a slump. Can't wait for D'Lo to come back, assuming there are no further setbacks. I do wonder, because I, I think that Malik Beasley is the guy who's been negatively impacted the most by D'Lo and LeBron being out. He's not seeing the looks that he was when those guys were on the floor. But I wonder how much of that does impact Rui. No longer having those guys on the floor to draw attention. So when he's behind the three-point line, you're not getting guys closing out at him hard. Now, part of that is he's not shooting the three well, but... You don't get LeBron sucking everybody into the paint, kicking out to Rui. And Rui, his favorite thing, his bread and butter, it's attack the closeout off the dribble, pull up 15-footer. That's his game. Harder to do that when LeBron's not on the floor, when D'Lo's not on the floor. It just is. And so maybe there's a correlation there between LeBron and D'Lo being out and Rui not playing well. But again, he should still be able to find some way 
but has it. When healthy, this team is deep. You know, that's a very simple statement, but I also think there's some truth to it in that when this team is healthy, when this team is fully healthy, the guys that are being asked to do, like I just talked about Dennis Schroeder, the guys that are being asked to do things that are above their pay grade aren't being asked to do those things anymore, right? If LeBron and D'Lo are on this team and they're out there, that means that Austin doesn't have to have to act as a lead ball handler as much. Now, I think that he can, but Dennis Schroeder isn't looked upon as a guy who's got to score 15 to 20 a night. He can from time to time, but he doesn't have to if those guys are, are out there. Uh, Beasley's job gets easier. Maybe Rui's job gets easier, right? So it's not even just, hey, we add two more players to our team. It's the ask for other players is less, and therefore they're able to be more successful. You're going to get a better version, certainly, of Malik Beasley with LeBron and D'Lo on the floor for the Lakers. So that inherently increases your depth as well because you're taking the guys that are right now out there and you're making them better players because they're playing alongside LeBron and D'Lo than what you're getting out of them right now. So yeah, not only do you add two good players in D'Lo and LeBron, obviously LeBron great, but you're also improving the players that are around them. So it does increase the depth there on the team. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Federico said, is it me or is Troy a better shooter right now? Thoughts? Uh, Troy has got it going from three right now. He's been pretty solid on the season. He's been, what, 37% or so on the season for the Lakers from three. But taking a look right now, he is shooting 60% from three over his past three games. So in the month of March, he's shooting 60% from deep. Seven attempts twice. He was four for seven both times. And again, in, and then against many, he was two for three. Now, the month of February, he was 38% from deep, which is really damn good, too. Like, you'll take that as well. If Troy Brown is shooting 35 to 38% from three, that's really all you can ask. If he can do that, that's pretty good. He's pretty versatile defensively. He gives you a little bit on the boards. He's not the best wing player ever, but he made some big plays for the Lakers tonight. And again, eight boards, that's his most rebounds in a game since the end of January. I'm sorry, tied uh, at the on February 9th, he had eight boards. But that's a big rebounding performance out of him. Again, had 41 minutes. So that's part of it. Played a lot of minutes. But Troy Brown has been good for the Lakers. He's been good. He's not going to give you double-digit scoring every night, but he'll be that versatile defender. He'll occasionally space the floor a bit and knock in a timely three. And again, relative to his contract, veteran minimum contract, I think he's been really good. 
Sean said Rui was awful today. Again, he just looks out of sorts. And I don't know what they need to do, if they need to scheme in some looks for him, but he has not been great for the Lakers the last few weeks here. Young Ninja said, great win. Can't wait to see Pound's jersey retirement on Tuesday. I'll be in the building. All right, that's awesome. Uh, our own Corey Hansford is going to be there on hand as well. AD reminded me of Powell several times tonight. Grizzlies no jaw. Yeah, AD, the uh, the baseline jumper, the baseline turnaround is very is very much a Pau Gasol move. AD is like a leveled up version of Pau. And that is not a knock on Pau at all. Pau was tremendous for the Lakers. Loved the way Pau operated. So skilled. But AD is just on another level, right? He's just a level, a one level up. But AD, there are some similarities between his game and Pau's game. Both of them extremely skilled. I think Pau was a little bit smoother offensively, but AD, the more dominant defensive presence, more dominant on the boards uh, than Pau was. But yeah, there, there's some similarities between the two. There's moments where you look at something that AD does and you go, oh, that's kind of Pau Gasol-esque when he hits the little hook shot in the paint and things like that. Gabriel, Dennis and Troy Brown appreciation. Even when shots aren't falling, they do the little, little things. Troy Brown has been hitting shots and his passing is underrated. Yeah, again, they've both been helpful, I think. Would you do do D'Lo, Beasley, and first-round picks for Kyrie? If you can get Kyrie Irving from the Mavs, you do a double sign-and-trade involving D'Angelo Russell. So you have to remember, if you do that, it's going to be a sign-and-trade. You're going to be taking in a player in a sign-and-trade, and that's Kyrie. And you are going to then hard-cap yourself. And then the question becomes, what first are you putting in? Are you putting in the first this year? Um, which you just have to pick somebody with it and then trade that player, not sign the player. Once you sign them, you can't trade them for, I think it's 30 days, 30 or 60. I think it's 30 days. You can't trade the player. Um, so you would just draft the player, hang on to their rights, and then get into July when Kyrie and D'Lo could sign their contracts and then execute the deal. So you'd have to draft the player for the Mavs. Then you would, and if you're using this year's pick, and then are you talking about putting in the 2029 first? And then what are you looking at in terms of protections? Can you even protect it? I don't know. I mean, look, Kyrie's an extremely talented player. I think he would fit well with LeBron and AD. And if it's a swap of D'Lo for Kyrie, you can sell me on it. But in general, I've been looking at this as if in order to get Kyrie, you have to gut the team. In order to sign him in free agency, you have to trade away everybody. Get rid of everybody. Let let Rui walk. Let Austin walk. Well, Austin, you might be able to keep. He's got a low cap hold, but... Let Beasley go, you know, decline his option. Mo Bamba go, D'Lo go. You know, you have to clear the books and then you can pay Kyrie like 34 million or something like that. I'm not in favor of doing that. If you're doing something like this though, where, okay, you lose D'Lo and Beasley, but you still have Vando. You still have, you, you keep Reeves. You keep some of these other guys. Okay, maybe you can talk me into that. But even then, just in general, conceptually, I'm more for the two stars and depth build than three stars. Now, three stars is more palatable when you don't have to give up all your depth in order to get it. When you actually have depth to put around the three stars, then that's that I think is more sustainable and it's something I'm a lot more interested in. So that's why when I look at this and I see, oh, it's a double sign and trade and you have to add in a pick. Look, Kyrie's great, but again... I'm wary of going that route. I'm wary of going that route with, with Kyrie in general. And I think my preference would be that the Lakers go on a run here with the team that they've got. LeBron comes back healthy and they prove that this group can get something done. You're still going to see some tweaks in the offseason, 
But I would like to see the Lakers probably keep this group that they've got right now and make a run with this team rather than go star hunting again, even though I think it's in the Lakers DNA to hunt for superstars and always will be and always will be. All right, we'll do actually, let's get into this. Um, Oh, here we go. We'll do this one. Rodney said, I actually think they need another, another lengthy defender like Nerlens Noel. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't upset me if the Lakers went and picked up Nerlens Noel. They have that 15th roster spot open. There hasn't been a lot on the buyout market, but if Nerlens Noel, if there's any interest there, particularly if Mo Bamba's foot, if he's out for a couple of weeks with the ankle, okay, call up Nerlens Noel, see if you can get past the whole clutch thing and, and go from there. All right, let's do this. Our favorite award. Master Lock of the Night. All right, the Master Lock of the Night. Oh, did he sign? I'm seeing people in the chat telling me that Nerland signed with Brooklyn. I may have missed that. I may have missed that. If he signed with Brooklyn, maybe I maybe I missed that that happened. In a busy weekend here in the Lane household. Yep, that came out yesterday. He did agree with the Nets. So he is off the table there. All right, the Master Lock of the Night. What are we master locking from this game? Take something that was annoying from the game and we put it in Chris the Masterpiece Masters. Finishing hold, the master lock. Oh, some people are saying Sean's Wi-Fi. Oh my goodness. Steph Curry for coming back against the Lakers. Uh, I'm seeing some people master locking uh, the medical staff. Yeah. I'm seeing all kinds of things. A lot of people saying master lock, Rui. I think my my master lock is going to be very simple. I don't want to master lock a Lakers player. I hope Rui bounces back and has a, has a better performance next game against the Grizzlies. But I am going to master lock ankles. So ankle lock. Let's go Kurt Angle. All right, let's go with the ankle lock. Ken Shamrock as well. We'll go ankle lock. Master lock ankle injuries. No more ankle. In fact, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, the injury bug in the ankle lock. That's what we need to do somehow, hopefully, that keeps this terrible, horrible, no good, rotten injury bug away from the Lakers, stay away from their ankles, quit messing with these guys, and let us see this roster that's got shooting, that's got depth, that's got defense, that's got versatility. Let them be healthy. Let us see this team together to find out what they can do Man, be so, so fun to see this team with LeBron, with D'Lo out there to think about what is possible with this group. Let us see that, please, before the end of the season. Injury bug, go away. Let's snap his ankle. Injury bug gets the master lock in this one, or I should say again, the ankle lock in this one. Hopefully he taps out, he leaves, he goes away and does not come back because he has been an absolute jerk to the Lakers for multiple seasons now. Feels like it's been one thing after another. Uh, Rocky, does this loss, I think he means win, does this win make up for the Timberwolves' loss? Um, Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, in that it adds a win onto the Lakers' record, which is what they needed. And when it was announced that Curry was coming back, there was, you know, look, the Warriors were a five-point favorite heading into this game. Expectation was that the Warriors were going to win. But no, because you had an opportunity to put a loss onto a team that you're competing with directly for a playoff spot. I think the Warriors have started to separate 
They are three games up on the Lakers currently. Minnesota is two and a half games up, but they'd be only a game and a half up uh, if the Lakers won that game. Now, if the Lakers lost this one, then okay, you'd be two games back. But you have, bottom line, you have a better chance of catching the Wolves than you do the Warriors. So if the Lakers had their pick, you would reverse this. You would lose to the Warriors and beat the Wolves because that would knock the Wolves down. I don't think you're catching the Warriors, um, particularly now with, with Steph back, but the Wolves catching them is more of a possibility. So I would have preferred to put the loss on the Wolves. So that's where like, it makes up for it in that, yes, the Lakers still have their 31 and 34 right now, and they would be 31 and 34 had they beat the Wolves and lost to the Warriors. But the Wolves record would have been negatively impacted, and that would have been helpful for the Lakers potentially. So yes, it makes up for it, but not entirely. All right. Anthony Davis. What a monster. Incredible, incredible performance from him. What a game to win for the Lakers. Now you get a big matchup with the Grizzlies. And here, let me, let me tell you guys this. The Lakers, we've been talking about this. They are no longer in a position where they can play 500 basketball. They can't. You can't trade baskets anymore. You can't do win one, lose one, win two, lose two. You can't do it. You just can't do it anymore. You have to rattle off wins. You have to string them together. And if we look, the Lakers played the Grizzlies three games ago, four games ago, and lost. Then beat the Thunder, then lost to the Wolves, then beat the Warriors. That's win one, lose one. Win one, lose one, right? That's what we've been seeing. Last four games, they're 500. They're two and two. You've got to start stringing wins together. So that means that you've got to find a way to beat the Grizzlies, and then you get a tough matchup with a Knicks team that's been very good. Well, you get Toronto first, then the Knicks. Then you get at New Orleans in a big game. You get at Houston, but it's second night of a back-to-back. Like, there's some big games coming up here for the Lakers. Have to start stringing together wins if you're going to move up in the standings. So, this game against Memphis, uh, 9 o'clock, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock Pacific time um, on Tuesday. Going to be a big one. Got to find a way. I know no jaw, but this Memphis team is still very, very dangerous, even without him. All right, Lakers Nation, thank you guys for, for joining me here live over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're listening over on the podcast side, uh, make sure you do give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Great way to help out the show. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.